Hi, I'm an existential experience. And I'm an anonymous nobody. We're two of the voices you'll be hearing in this episode and those to come. being loud uh, so earlier in the conversation Sukina was saying that uh, if she were to have like a female friend and a male friend and ask them about like their body issues she would much rather unpack a male's body issues because you ask us a question about whether or not we feel like attractive or beautiful or if we like our bodies we'll just be like yes no no you know give you very concrete answers whereas women is a lot more like ambiguous I feel I like saying, yeah, yeah, dudes are pretty honed in on their specific insecurities. Yeah. I feel like you've always got like your top three things that you're like, yeah. I mean, being on like basketball teams and stuff, it's just a fucking oh, sorry. Um, it's just a melting pot of is- like body issues, dude. Like dudes don't want to take their shirts off. And it's mm. like well, I'm sure that that doesn't apply for you, you fucking genetic marvel. But um, I've been called an Adonis before, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> uh, not, a, not a flex at all, Adonis. Before. But I was saying, like, the reason yeah. we have, I feel like the reason we have such concrete, like, understanding of that is because we have to understand at a very early age that, like, there's not really much you can do that's, like, socially acceptable to change how you look. Like, if you feel fat, you go to the gym or, you know, you do something about that. But, like, you know, you don't put on makeup. You don't, you know, if you can't grow facial hair, you either keep it shaved or rock a creeper peach fuzz, oh, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, big neck beard vibes. No. Exactly. Um, seriously. It's like you're always stacking yourselves against each other. And that's kind of how you frame where you land in, like, the social hierarchy. It's like, oh, he's taller. That means I have to compensate such and such, such and such, it's like. So there's something that I know girls experience, but I'm not really sure like what it's like coming from a male perspective. But for us, or at least I know for me, there's like this subconscious fear that like, if you're not pretty enough, nobody will ever love you. Like you'll not find a husband. You're gonna be alone for the rest of your life. And it's definitely like, it sounds crazy to say it, Because it's like, that's obviously not true, you know, but at the same time, like, it's still kind of something that's like, kind of slipped into our subconscious that like, forever. you guys kind of feel that same uh, level of pressure? (laughs) Laura, I saw your eyes widen for a second. (laughs) Unmute, join the conversation. Huh? Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that was great. Can you hear me uh, now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I can't hear you well, so give me a second. Pressure to be forever alone. Mm-hmm. If we experience that, uh, I don't think it's like a one to one comparison in terms of, you know, whatever different societal expectations are placed upon us. But, like, yeah, there is, I don't know. Uh, 
profound loneliness to the masculine experience just because it's talking about that uh yeah we don't talk so it's lonely that was literally just the exact same thing (laughs) (laughs) see that's what you know we all know but we don't (laughs) that's profoundly sad yeah I do, I do want to ask though, like, why is it that you guys don't talk amongst yourself about these little things? Like, I, no, I mean, like, it was really, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, these things have gotten so much better. I mean, it's so much better now. Mm. Like, all the homies, um, emotionally vulnerable. Mm. (laughs) It's, 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 I mean, I think. That's a personal choice. I wouldn't say it's across the board. But I've, over the past couple of years, cultivated a better uh, stance with, I guess, the people around mm-hmm. me. I don't know. Or, it, it, it ebbs and flows. I mean. It was like, I really liked what you said about um, uh, you when you're in your basketball team and then some people are just like really insecure about taking off their shirt like like these are these little details are the things I want to hear like I want to know like what exactly is it that you guys are like like super insecure about because we I think as like amongst girls we talk about the little things like oh my god like (laughs) I was like cuddling with my boo and like he's (laughs) he tries to like stroke my eyebrows up These are painted, first of all, you know, like these little things are, I want to know like the little things that you guys get so like tense, tense about or like get triggered. I don't know. Uh, hmm. I mean, I guess, yeah, everyone's got their triggers. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Yeah. And I feel like you as like men don't really communicate that they would say like in general be like oh yeah like I have insecurities but I feel like you guys don't build rapport over like no definitely don't build rapport that's true yeah sorry what so if anything then you know you wouldn't want to share them because they could be used against you yeah Mm -hmm. see I feel like yeah yeah potential threat i feel like it's it's all biology like they just don't want to be attacked you know like they're trying to really oh yeah you're either invisible or yeah like potential danger so and i guess like biologically it's safer to be like like to have less information like less like weak information about you out there so i guess it's like their way like men's way of protecting themselves and oh yeah dude yeah yeah it's also a powerful stance to have on the outside like that's part of the reason why I wasn't so social in high school you know I didn't really get to know all of you guys super well you know the less you know about me and the more I know about you the better position I'm in regardless of what I feel like it's kind of like empowering to have a lot of people not a lot of people but like kind of live more openly and you know it's true yeah because yeah, like, towards the end of senior year, I remember like after the AP exam, and it, like it was just like we just hang out and talk. And I remember I was talking to 
and like I don't usually talk to them like ever but we were kind of just talking about like our insecurities and our personal experiences and I remember said to me like (laughs) that she wouldn't have been able to like maintain the friendships that I've maintained if she'd been through what I'd been through and that she was kind of shocked that I was able to like keep having relationships with people that had hurt me but like for me it was just kind of a testament to like my own ability to heal and get past things Mm -hmm. I think that that's like one of the most powerful things that any person can do is Mm -hmm. like be open and be forgiving and rebuild whoever they are regardless of what other people might say or think about it it's it's just two sides of the coin on that one because i think i'm i feel empowerment from being detached because you know everything is in the eye of the beholder but in that case you know i am the beholder I know more about myself than you do, so why would I care about an uninformed opinion, you know? Sure. So, yeah, that's a tough I, call because, like, um, I don't, uh, I, I can't remember. I think it was Vivica said something earlier about, like, why we don't talk about our insecurities and stuff. And I don't know if it's for you, Freddie. Maybe you can tell me if I'm right or wrong or if I'm just uh, solo on this one. But I feel like insecurities are more just like realities for for us like there's things you can do to improve yourself and then there's things you can't right like it wouldn't really be I mean nowadays of course it obviously is like socially acceptable to wear makeup as a guy and you know you have a face care routine and all this and that but like I feel like with most guys even if they're not really homophobic or xenophobic in any regard there's a line that they're going to draw is how much they're willing to do in order to you know control what they look like so for us if you're insecure about something and there's nothing you're willing to do to change it then that's reality you just have to accept it as it is that's like oh well in regards to that i feel like you know we definitely you know still feel that like if you're insecure about it like there's something that you just can't do about it but i think that the difference is we try to unpack the negative feelings around it so that we like even if there isn't anything i can do about it like at least i'm not going to let it hurt me like i know <laughs> like one of my basics. You gotta stop. You gotta stop fighting yourself about it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that's that's interesting. Yeah. By recognizing it, or do you just decide like, well, I'm just gonna live with this little smidge of self hatred about this one thing for the rest of my life? That's like mental energy <laughs> devoting to that pattern, and it's like fucking let it. It's easier to just let it go eventually. Like it's it's that's weird. Cause it's weird because I feel like you do let it go by acknowledging it as a reality. It's not like. Maybe that's just me because I'm like super stoic. So if that is something like I'm insecure about and I'm like, I can't do anything about it. I'm like, okay, well. No, yeah, stoic is the right word. Yeah. I'm done. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, once you recognize it as as something that is a reality, then it's like, you don't really have to invest any more thought into it because it's like, eh. I think that's the point. If you're not investing thought into it, then yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, patience. You said there's empowerment on being open. And on the other end of that, there's also empowerment and <laughs> being closed. Because <laughs> for me, it's like, even after I acknowledge it, it still, like, <laughs> plays in my mind and, like, still forms, like, a minor complex. Like, I was just thinking about, uh, so for me, one of my, like, 
biggest insecurities and it has been for years is I have like hyperpigmentation on like my legs and like my butt. So it's like, I feel like if I didn't have it, I would be showing my ass everywhere, but it's there and it makes me super insecure. And so it's like, even though like, I've I've, like yeah, <laughs> yeah I've just, seen your ass and I've never noticed that before. Well, I have. Is that, dude, I think me too, dude. I should compare cheeks later, Major. <laughs> and I had to wear these short shorts. And I was like, I was like mortified. I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to go out and run in front of all these people when I have these dark spots on my legs? It was like heart wrenching. And even though I've like acknowledged that there isn't much I can do about it, like even today, like it still gets me like a little like anxious. So I'm so fucking happy you guys just acknowledge it and then move on. What the fuck? Nah, I mean, I like, I, I remember when we were taking Christmas photos and like the angle was right here and like my double chin picked up and I was like, oh no. Yeah. The and downside like, of the mirrored, you look, you have several chins at all times from all angles. <laughs> Why do you guys think I'm putting my chin on a pillow, huh? Oh. <laughs> How poignant. Um. How poignant. Those are your cards, you know? Those are the cards. We should all share we should all share like our one biggest insecurity. Starting uh. with Marcos. Um uh, I, I, you have to circle back to me because I told you I don't really think of things as insecurities. So. Casual fucking flex, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I do, I do get that. I, I do get what Marcos is saying because I, when I was little, I had a lot of, I had a lot more insecurities than I do now. Now, like when I thought about that question, when so, when you just said like, okay, um, when patients, you said. Um, uh, my one of my biggest insecurity is I was just like wait let me think about mine because I can't I literally can't think of one now exactly. I'm just like now I'm just like I've just accepted it and I'm just you know, like this is me it's fine but if I have to start <laughs> if I do have to say one um I am very insecure about how much I sweat <laughs> it is it is um um it, it's like in my genetics, I guess. I don't know, Lara, we spent a lot of time together in middle school, so maybe you know, but like... <laughs> Honestly, I, I found it so cute because you'd sweat from your nose and I'd be like, how does that happen? But it was so yeah. cute. Like, yeah. you just sweat on Vivica's nose and it's these little, like, tiny... It looked like rain, like, fell on her little I nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Um, morning and, and I have Yeah, like, fresh morning it was, it was cute. <laughs> Yeah, I have figured out that it was um, hyperhidrosis, and my dad has it as well. And it's just so because I do sweat a lot on my nose, under my, under my, oh, just right above my mouth, like here, and um, um, on my armpits a lot. So to this day, I don't own any piece of clothing that's gray because it shows a lot of sweat, like. Yeah, that's black. the only thing I can Wait, think of. Wait, what color are you wearing? Black. <laughs> black. Oh. <laughs> I'm sweating like crazy right now. Like I'm just sitting down talking. I'm chilling and I'm sweating. Like I, I literally can't stop it. I don't know why. But 
that's, that's one, one down, of my insecurities. One down, who's next? Thank you, thank you for sharing with, with them. We acknowledge You're welcome. You. You're welcome. <laughs> who's next? What about Freddie? You look like you're itching to say something, so I'm calling you out. I don't know. I feel like... Oh, no. So post-shaving, it's just horrible. Just a nightmare. And it lasts for weeks. And I just don't want to leave the house, dude. The room. Just fuck it. Like, it'll... It'll, like, volcanoes. It's... I think it's so cute. It's just so, like... It's so adolescent. You know? (laughs) It's like I, I watched you go from you are salt in the wound right now, patio adolescence. I know, but it's like I mean, I, I feel like you know, sometimes with guys, it's like they're you know, cute little 12 year olds, and then they're men, you know, and that's kind of how they're like raised, literally perpetuating, perpetuating the difficulties of masculinity <laughs> right here. I think it's fabulous to embrace that lesson because it's like you're a teenager. Of course, you're gonna have. Don't really lean into You know, and I, I, I just think it's super cute. I think it's super cute. Wait, yeah. do you mean like after you shave, you get no, literally, pimples? Literally, like, what is it? I got hairs. I shaved and then I went to bed <laughs> and I thought, okay, so the first night I arrived, right? I didn't have any bedding on my bed. I slept on a bare mattress and like woke up. <laughs> face over so like weeks passed all good i shaved a couple days ago and then i had the sense like a sixth sense like it's coming it's like <laughs> a forecast like within the next six days my face yeah. and i was just like this can't happen so yeah i made a cheeky target run and i apply that mm-hmm. like post face wash mm-hmm. but i also do a lot of like skincare stuff these days just because mm-hmm. like, it's my favorite routine so like okay i have a yeah sorry sorry just really quickly i get ingrown hairs as well what i do what what helps is um exfoliation any scrub just Mm -hmm. after you scrub yeah a night one morning yeah i like in line with what freddie just shared with us i want to ask a question like how far like um because there is a where do you draw the line hey not everyone has listed their insecurities yet oh okay sorry sorry i'm excited sorry, to hear sorry, sorry. okay okay for everybody no one is safe <laughs> cicada you've been you've been giggling it up over there <laughs> um i'm kind of like on the side that i kind of really don't have any insecurities because i was put through um well, I used to. I was put through like modeling from like my adolescent years. So I modeled like I did runway. <laughs> I did for years. So like that's trauma in itself. Like I would literally go to a set and they'd be like, I'd literally like two days before I would treat myself and buy a donut. And they'd be like, why can't you fit into your clothes anymore? You can't wear this. Like, like now the whole shoot, like now the whole day's ruined. Like, and so like going through that, now it's just like when I like when I buy clothes, I'll just be like, all right, shit, this doesn't fit anymore. That's that, or this fits now. That's cool. So it's like as thick as a rhino. <laughs> yeah, like I'm 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 a skinny individual. Like I know that I'm skinny, and so like I really don't get like I don't get insecure anymore. Before I, I used to see a big booty bitch, and I'd be like, damn, 
I wish I had that. <laughs> but now I don't really like it's not it's not really something that I kind of think about anymore because you know it's okay I'm part of the itty bitty world and I love that. So that's that. Um other than that, I used to be really insecure about my skin complexion just because the same thing with like modeling, they would make things that I at the age I didn't know that it was beautiful so it'd be like, "Oh, you're so dark." Or you'd be like, oh, like, this is going to be so beautiful on print, yada, 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 yada. And then I didn't know what that meant. So, like, fuck modeling. I don't, I'm never doing that shit again. Mm. But um, it was, it was a great experience to know that, like, like, it is what it is, man. Like, you just think about it and you keep it pushing. Eat, chug, chug, chug along. Really what it is. All right, who's next? Patio? Didn't I already go? I said the hyperpigmentation on my legs. Okay, yeah. No. Right, right, right. So Laura, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. Okay, I actually don't. Oh, this. Um, oh, what? Yeah, I don't have insecurities, and I'm like, oh, sorry. I thought you were okay. Um, yeah. Well, I've I've realized that most of my insecurities don't actually stem from me. Because I'm not going to lie, I'm very narcissistic. <laughs> like, like um, I think one constant, so, like, there are two different constants. One of them is my nose. <laughs> and um, another one is my weight. I never had a problem with my nose, like, yep. ever, until I came, I came to ISA, and then everyone was talking shit about my nose. I was like, what the fuck are you guys saying? <laughs> And then I started and I was like, oh, shit. Well, and then people, some people told me that I needed a nose job. I was like, well, maybe I do need one. But then it's a bit like, oh, well, I actually really don't care because I think I'm, I think I'm pretty. I don't care. I think I'm cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it did hurt a bit because I was like, oh, well, is it, is it because of my nose that this person doesn't like me or whatever, which is like not not of a not it's not it's not reality you know what i mean it's not embedded in reality it's just a projection of um pictures that people were shown throughout their lives and through media and what what was depicted as beautiful um but and then another thing my weight because um i was very skinny like i was a stick right and I didn't see my, I saw myself as like normal, but I would like in school, like it was like, Lara, you're unhealthy. Like you need to eat. And I would overeat stuff. Cause I was like, Oh no, people think I'm unhealthy. Blah, blah, blah. But that, that was because it was diff, kind of different beauty standard. I, in my opinion, in like where we were in Abuja and Nigeria. And then because when I would come to London, I, I'd feel more confident because the beauty standard was more like skinny chicks, whatever, which is not, none of that is okay. Um, but yeah, I'd feel, cause like it was this whole flat ass thing or the, and then it was this whole culture of the guys rating the girls. And it was, it, it, it I don't think, it was very healthy, obviously, because they never experienced that. The guys never experienced that themselves. I mean, maybe they have. I'm, uh, wait, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry that I'm speaking on behalf 
but I feel like it was more geared towards the girls than Probably. the guy in that no, I think I think that's the thing is that both genders or sexes, I would say, rate each other. That's just what they do, you know, subconsciously, consciously. It's just that men rating women is socially unacceptable, but women rating mm -hmm. men is. Like, if you go on TikTok, you know, you can find a million and one videos about, like, you know, your ideals of a perfect man. And it's like, he's tall, he's handsome, you know, he's blonde, he's this and that. Like, height is a huge thing, right, with Freddie? Like, with guys, height is, like, yeah, one of the I mean, things that everybody like... wishes they were taller because everybody knows girls love tall guys. But the I think thing that about, like, weight, you know? Because I've been around... Funny... Because as bi from like a pretty early age guys kind of felt like they could like talk about women any way around me even though I myself am a woman so I was around a lot of guys that would start like rating girls and like talking about their appearance so I didn't I, I just personally didn't really get the impression that it was like so um sorry but so when we were younger Vivica was there when we were in middle school they would mm -hmm. have an actual list one to five. Oh yeah I was about to mention that that's what that's what that. That's what I'm talking about. The, at that young age, having a list and it was just yeah, the, the, it was so bad. And it still it still gives me nightmares. <laughs> gives me nightmares. Um, Jesus. And to think that because at that age, I think you know Tumblr was a thing. Remember, guys. So mm -hmm. I think girls <laughs> um, in during my middle school, at least, it was like white girl was the skinny white girl was the was the beauty standard right and if you go on tumblr that's all you saw right? and so yeah to and then the guys in the class made a list and obviously the first the girl that's the most attractive to them is a blonde white girl and it like it does a lot of things to your mind like okay <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, so I don't look like her, so does that, does that mean that I'm not beautiful? And, like, like to have <laughs> adolescent, like, not even adolescent, like, boys, like, kids, right? Like, dictate, like, dictate your, like, dictate your life in that right. way. To have, yeah, like, have so much power over you, like, it's just so wrong, and the fact that it's still like kind of like <laughs> it doesn't hurt me it just it, it's just something I think about often because it was a huge list right Laura like yeah everyone I, remember, I remember I <laughs> remember I was like well yeah. fuck <laughs> yeah I know exactly yeah but it, it's um, so weird because even the I know that it sounds a bit off to say that it's not rooted in reality but the whole the whole weight thing the height thing someone is gonna like you for who you are i i truly believe that because th this i don't know and everything is subjective right so this whole like this uh, everything we experienced was just wasn't really rooted in in reality it was i feel like it was rooted in a social hierarchy and let's say what the alpha male thought of as beautiful or what the alpha female thought of as beautiful or handsome or I get what you're whatever saying, but am I, I, I making 
And no, yeah, yeah, I get where you're coming from, but I think that it's also not necessarily that it stemmed from one person. It came from, you know, social standards at large. That's, that's what I was I going on. The social standards, whatever they add into, and they, they implemented that further, and other people, and they had the evidence from media. They had the evidence to show them that this is what I think. This is what we see on TV. This is what we see on the magazine. I don't know because I feel like I feel like yeah. it's more, it could be more fundamental than just simply social hierarchy at this point. Like, if you think about like unanimously what the most like attractive features are. It has a lot to do with just like survivability. Like mm. height is important. Muscle mass is important, you know, and it's also cultural. Like if you think of like African beauty standards, you know, they love their aunties with like big booties, wide birthing hips, you know, healthy, meaty, you know, that's all the in like biological indications of like a good mother. Like they would be able to have birth like healthy children. But the problem is that now socially the world is just Eurocentric and Europe was the, they were most, you know, advanced at the time, which means they got to the point where you don't need to be physically capable in order to be attractive anymore. Like you got aristocrats who were thin as a pinky, you know, and they were more about aesthetic beauty. And then since then, the world has become Eurocentric. So that's more why we have those kinds of standards. Yeah, just like within the context of like a school though, I think it's safe to say that a lot of the and like the guys really don't think independently so uh, there is very yeah. much so it's not as if like they're individually making the active choice to rank you in this specific way <laughs> it's very much like they're very much like usually is a center in alpha or whatever and then it's just uh, a radius of influence uh, so i don't know I agree with that. Like, I, uh, I feel that I think there's, um, as Lara said, like, there's always that one person that's you're going to feel so attracted to. And they might not be the social, like, socially the most attractive, like, Eurocentrically the most attractive person. But it's just, I don't know, like, some, there's just something that does something to you. You know, like it makes you feel like, oh, she's cute. Like she's like, cute. Yeah. And you find and, someone no one else is attractive. Yeah. And I think there was none of that in <laughs> in like high school because everyone just thought, you know, if if the alpha male says like, oh, what's attractive is a big booty, then everyone else is like, oh yeah, big booty. <laughs> yeah, big booty. You know, and like <laughs> no one forms, they don't form their own opinion. Like they never ask themselves like, Okay, maybe I, I like the itty bitty little committee. What would you call that? I don't know. Like, itty bitty titty committee. There it itty is. bitty titty committee. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah, bike club. <laughs> yeah. And nobody so it's sad that no, nobody makes make their like they don't make their own decisions on what they like. They just kind of go with the whatever the most alpha person says. And, yeah. <laughs> And like pain, like being in a relationship with someone because it's like when you're with someone and you know that like they barely like you for you they just kind of like you for like what you look like and what you like represent to them like in terms of like their social status like it's just mm -hmm. that's barely a relationship that's just someone dating like 
one dimension of you and it's just that's just mm -hmm. making someone an accessory yeah that's it's I, exactly. I, mean, I don't know how you guys used to do it at isa but um isd was fucked up <laughs> in regards to like objectification and like body wise like everything would be categorized into like not even it wouldn't even be like how you know how like you guys were like yo like there was like a list and yada 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 <laughs> here like at my school people would find other people attractive hook up with them in private and then talk shit about them in public because of the mass population or somebody would do something new with their body or um i remember it was me and this other girl and we we had no idea we were kind of like the first ones and like i think like our school in general to kind of just say fuck the norm or whatever and i got my nipples pierced and she did too but it was like a time frame and for like the next two years of our lives every time we would go somewhere it would you know it'd be a little cold or you know some shit like that i remember they um they would not even take pictures they had one of my best friends told me they had a group chat where they would literally talk about like women's specific specificities and like, <laughs> if was, like if they went to a beach they'd be like yo like so-and-so's ass was like popping or did you see like so-and-so had a nip slip or like so-and-so's fucking boobs were perky and yada 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 her nipples were showing so being in that realm and finding out about the group chat and knowing what the hell was going on is just on the chance of like damn like I either think that men at that age are extremely insecure or just horny at the sight of everything so it's like, it's that, it's that second, second one had a feeling. And it's that kind of just like that objectification of them not knowing what to do, but wishing that they knew what to do. And that's what forms insecurities in men because they know how to base other objectifications other than their own because no one ever talks about their issues, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. What are you gonna say? Yes, it does. <laughs> Um, yeah, a lot of people in ISA went through the exact same thing that you guys went through. And traumatizing group chats. Yes. And I was going to say, huh? <laughs> Sorry, she asked me for a plum. And um, I was going to say um, previously that th these kind of themes on like the let's just put quote unquote the girls versus the guys because that's how it was back in back in middle school back in back high in those school days. and yeah so <laughs> so it would be the topic would be the hot topic would be the girls' bodies like you said look at that ass look at those boobs and it would be as we said before the male the male hierarchy up there sitting there being like hey yo look at this look at that look at this look at this chicken wing look at this chicken breast you know and it would just become a central theme of topic for them and basically the only thing that they would ever talk about and and then so I feel like tell me if I'm wrong but it felt like the guys had to had to then fit into this judgmental character where they are also judging the appearances of 
quote unquote the girls and then becoming and you would see you would see these guys who would come who would come to to our school for example and they would change in like a two month span from from having conversations of of intellect and substance to having conversations about women's bodies constantly you know and yeah tell me if i'm wrong about that or not i mean i'm sure we have different opposing views on this not opposing i'm sure our experiences are just like i feel like over time you can really see it like i saw people's like little brothers turn into like menaces and it's disheartening <laughs> i hung out with guys a lot like i was you know running with me for a while and yeah it's just kind of like if you want to be part of you know if you want to sit at that table during lunch then that's what you. Talk about. if you want to hang around with those people then you've got to get comfortable with that kind of conversation. if you want to be invited to the parties if you want to be if you don't want to be judged right because anyone that would have an opposing view to these social hierarchs ostracized they would be outcasted and and you did not want that right it it depends on the person i guess like (laughs) me personally i didn't give a shit i didn't even know exactly that's how group chats because i was never added to them because you know that's not my cup of tea absolutely nothing you missed absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm well. I, I, I'd assume not. But I think, like, just listening and thinking about this, I think it has to do with like two main things. Freddie, let me know if I'm on or off the mark. I think one is like, if social acceptance is something that you value, then that's something you need to tag along with. But secondly, mm-hmm. I think it has to do with confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like most guys aren't confident enough to have their own opinions, so it's easier to go with groupthink. So it's like. It's yeah. easier to just do whatever, like whoever's at the top of the hierarchy is doing and saying and going along with it because you get group identity and you don't really need to, mm-hmm. you don't but, have to defend that. It, doesn't, it holds up in court because of volume. But if you have to stand alone, you need to have confidence in what you think and what you believe and why. And you need to be also, able to be like secure in yourself to defend that. And I feel like most guys don't have that. Um, I'd like to add with social validation as well, because I guess you see these people who are getting all the attention and I don't want to give examples, but let's say someone who hasn't received that attention, they believe that if they act like this, this person who is quote unquote on top of them, then they will, they will become that person themselves. They will be in charge of narrating everyone else's opinions person here but I was just about to say that like we had a conversation like a couple of days ago about how someone that uh, seemed the most insecure was somehow like also the most like manipulative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you definitely and that's uh, 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 sorry <laughs> I mean, we could take it out and post. You know, I guess you could say it for now and then I can edit over it. <laughs> so I can laugh. <laughs> I can laugh. <laughs> and it's also frustrating because it's like from our perspective, it's like, or I know like for me, it's like I couldn't even, like, I felt like I couldn't even necessarily speak out 
publicly about like how I thought this person was like just fucking shitty because I have to say get shit on because you would get shit on they would band up against you fucking sensitive very fucking sensitive information on me like very fucking sensitive if you know what I'm trying to say here yes it was I think that like part the whole trauma of being a woman in high school is part of the reason why, like, especially like, going into college, like, I kind of withdrew a lot from, like, um, like, politics and, like, my interest in, like, social justice and stuff like that, because, like... It was I, shit on. Yeah, yeah, for once, like, for one, it was always shit on, like, every time I, like, say something. I, I had way too many fucking conversations with non-Black people about why it was wrong to say the N-word. like just like other stuff like that like when it comes to like women's issues to the point where like I had just been doing that for so long that like by the time like I was like graduating and moving out to college like I did not have it in me anymore and I just kind of like developed this attitude that like it doesn't matter what I say or do there'll always be like a guy out there with like the power to destroy my fucking life so I'm just gonna stop caring because obviously the world doesn't care about me and like that's not a very healthy perspective to have and it's something that I'm still like actively unpacking but like yeah it was rough <laughs> it was rough and it's like I, at the same time like I know that I'm like complicit in some of the sexism that we experienced in high school like I I wanted to hang out with guys in the first place that automatically is a red flag for sexism but like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah really Oh, to be honest, as far as Isa goes, guy or girl, the pickings were slim, so <laughs> it would have mattered. Wait, what did you say? I didn't hear, I didn't catch that. I said that at you- Isa, um, whether it's guys or girls, the pickings were slim, <laughs> so it didn't really matter. The what? The picture? The, picking, the pickings were slim. Oh. <laughs> I remember making jokes. I about- think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I remember making jokes was about how, like, if one person got an STD, everybody, <laughs> everybody would have it. Yeah, you're gross. That's for Allah. <laughs> I mean, was because I'm, <laughs> I'm kind. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Why don't we uh, bust out one of the questions? Yeah, patio. Let me pull it up. Actually, wait, I need to pee. So I'm gonna... Do you guys want to take an intermission or should we just do that later? Or what? Like, almost an hour in? Mm-hmm. How long has the recording been going? Oh, All right, gang. Pick your favorite one. Don't go in order. Uh. To police, how I ask these questions, how dare you? <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, actually, I really like this question Has beauty become a weapon against black and brown bodies? That's that killed it. Question. Yeah, so can I see you nodding? You want to go ahead? Um, definitely. Um, now in modern day, people literally use black women as objects, music videos, pieces of art, 
um the, the black exactly the black female experience and the black body in general is nothing shorter past is just um an advertisement piece and like working in in like film and stuff it's very agitating because they often choose black women as like to show means of diversity so like if you throw a black woman in there it's all right like now we have all shades and all colors and all demographics which i think is absolutely beautiful but when you're using it as a marketing strategy what are you really trying to accomplish or show in terms of um like communication if that makes sense does that make sense yeah. definitely it <laughs> undermines it undermines any value it brings because there's ulterior motive you know exacto mundo like a historical perspective where it's like if you're kind of presented with this narrative that like the woman is you know the pinnacle then like because humans are self-domesticating animals like it doesn't it's not going to take much for women of color to like take it upon themselves to put themselves through all of these procedures in order to like try to look like that like take like not even just nigeria but like across brown countries in general like skin bleaching creams are so fucking common and they're like known to be so bad for you they cause like skin cancer all kinds of horrible diseases but it's like this standard of beauty is literally like an act of violence in that sense yeah you know, there's something fucked up is I was in Singapore and there's a big Indian population there. And I was seeing some of like the uh, billboards and stuff. I don't even, it wasn't even like advertising anything in particular. You know, I think it was like jewelry or something for towards women. And I was looking and I was like, wow, she's incredibly fair skinned. I was like, that's, that's interesting. And somebody told me, they're like, oh yeah, that model's not even um, Indian. She's Ukrainian. And then they put toner on her. I was like, ah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, when we were in the DRC, which is literally like in the center of fucking Africa, they were showing like uh, skin bleaching billboards with a whole white woman on it. And I'm like, there's no fucking world in which any chemical is going to make you look like that. And it's just kind of sad that that's what people are aspiring towards. It's really. Oh, I think on the other hand, though, I do think that like in smaller, more educated communities especially in black communities that like black beauty is an incredibly empowering thing but mm-hmm. like when it's taken for the context of, of marketing is when it's diluted like i was reading uh between the world and me by tenehisi Cortez, and like he was talking about just like when he went to university i can't remember which it was um Although I think for the time period, it was kind of considered like the Mecca of black intellectuals. Um, He was just talking about how blown away he was, was just like black beauty and like Nubian standards and just like how empowering it was to be around people where it wasn't something that were like, they were aspiring to look more like white people. They were embracing, you know, their own beauty and their own standards in like a very detached way from social expectation. And I think in that regard, like it's definitely a double-edged sword, but in the hands of the white man, it's cuts deeper. hundred percent. I remember like for me, like moving from, where were we before Abuja? Switzerland, right? Moving from Switzerland to Nigeria was like such a massive change for me because it's like in Switzerland, I was like one of two black girls 
So no, naturally, even though we look nothing alike, like our names were always confused and like there was never really like an instance where like I felt beautiful or like anyone would ever like be romantically interested in me. And then to move to Nigeria where everybody is black and then suddenly like the standard of beauty is like just totally different. It was like such a radical shift in perspective that I'm really grateful for because I don't think that I would have like developed my self-esteem as actively if I had been in a more white country like I had been. Facts actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on, guys. That was a potent ass question. <laughs> Vivica, you're literally mm-hmm. the most unique half cast I've ever seen. Like, you got to have a some kind of opinion <laughs> on this. Okay, let's see. Um, well, my experience in, well, what was the original question even? Sorry. Uh, do you feel like Black Beauty is? the weapon i believe against yeah um uh yes um definitely it's just as uh sikenia said like it's just like for it's a little piece of thing to just add on to be like ooh, diversity you know Mm -hmm. and what i want to add is um whenever there's Okay, so there's a bunch of white people, they add like two black people in there, and it's like, oh, diversity. Asian people are never, <laughs> are never there. And I don't know why. Um, it's, it, it always used to bother me when I was little and I went to a Beyonce concert. That was my, the first concert I've ever been to. And it was her single ladies era. And, um, and, and she had, she had a lot of backup dancers right and then all of them were so there were white backup dancers and also black backup dancers but no asians and it was just like um it it was weird to to see that because i know that she's doing that to like represent diversity but like half of my pop like half of myself which is asia wasn't included and it just and there's so many instances like that um um, there still aren't many like asian representation in in media um and i think that was why there was like a huge um uh thing about you know stop asian hate um which is great and i feel like it's been long overdue um um, and yeah with the skin bleaching stuff like (laughs) It's, it's weird because when I lived in Japan, um, everyone would call me like, oh, you're really dark skin. Because um, obviously compared to, you know, my other classmates were Asian and like literally just pale as fuck. <laughs> obviously I'm darker skin than them. And then when I moved to Nigeria at the age of 11, it was a huge fucking shift. I moved and everyone was like, oh, your skin is so nice. It's so like, you're like your light skin which so I fair. yeah it's so fair like what did you do like what do you do to your skin um there's this one time I went to a pharmacy and I was just like looking for body cream or something like that and one lady was just like ah like do you use bleaching cream like what do you use to how do I get this complexion and I'm just like I don't know man I was born this way 
<laughs> can't really help you there also and i was telling this lady like like you do know that your your skin is beautiful right like you don't have to and you'd probably like i always thought that if you you see someone ha- like how do i say this um you'd want somebody's like physical attributes like say there was this girl in middle school um who had hazel eyes and i always thought it was so pretty and i always thought oh, i really want hazel yeah. eyes but if i had it i'd probably look weird as fuck i don't know like that's that's what my mom always used to say like if you the thing that you want would probably look weird on you and that's why you should always appreciate cuz your brown eyes are just the perfect thing for you and that's how god created you like that's what that's what my mom my agnostic mom would say <laughs> um yeah so that's that's my experience with it sorry I just went on like a little rant there but I I added something <laughs> yeah no for sure talk to your mom yeah, I find that very interesting actually. It's kind of another question that you did patio about uh, if everybody has body issues, but kind of off of what Vivica said, I noticed that like the the most confusing thing to me is that when you have conversations with people about like their insecurities and their you know everybody wants what the other person has. Like really skinny girls mm. want to be thick. Really thick girls want to be thin. You know, it's just like nobody. It's weird, man. I don't understand it. Do you guys see that as well? Definitely, I can agree with you. And I remember, especially in high school, girls used to do that a lot, where they'd be like, "Oh, um, they'd go into the like, or they go in the bathroom, or they'd have conversations, and they'd be like." oh, I wish I had this that you had. And they're like, no, I wish that I had this that you had. And it's like kind of that, I think it's, I mean, I don't know how, I personally don't feel like that, but I feel like it's kind of a reassurance for like other women in specific, specific because they know that they want or they have what someone else wants. So it's kind of like that mental confirmation that like, hey, maybe I'm not as bad as I think that I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of a weird way of like giving compliments that I feel like I've, I've mm-hmm. seen do where it's like, oh, I wish I had your this or I wish you I had your that. And it's like on one hand, it's like, OK, you're saying that it's attractive, but you're also saying that you don't like this about yourself. So it's like, it's kind of uncomfortable. Weird way of giving a compliment. Then what would you guys say for like, because I guess now we do have listeners or whatever, you know, it's pretty presumptuous and if we have like listeners out there who can't seem to recognize that like that kind of reassurance by understanding that they have something that other people covet what would you recommend to them like what would you what would be your advice to somebody who can't see the value that they have that other people can't um, that's a really good question i was gonna say affirmations Mm-hmm. like listening or writing or like scripting affirmations and like that way they kind of get into that even if they don't believe it they'll eventually believe it if they listen to the same shit over and over and over again like I am beautiful I am powerful I am smart and just like that mental cognizance of knowing that you can be those things if you believe in it mm-hmm. 
I think also just like radical self-acceptance is so important because one mm-hmm. thing I realize increasingly as I'm getting older is that like for me at least I can't say that there's like one set idea of like what is and isn't beautiful. I think the most attractive people are people that believe that they are attractive and like just work whatever the features they've got. Cause like Pete Davidson is dating Kim Kardashian. He's not exactly a handsome man, but he believes that he is handsome, <laughs> you know? And that has taken him a long fucking way. So mm-hmm. if you can do it, so the fuck can you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, confidence is so important. And I've learned this in like a, a completely different way. Um, I go to a language school now and I noticed that if you have confidence, you kind of sound like you're making sense. Like your grammar mm-hmm. might be shit, but it sounds like, it sounds like, so I'm really shy in class, so I don't really speak up much, but there's a guy who like scores horribly on grammar tests but he speaks up a lot and he's so confident he's like he has really <laughs> made himself think that he can speak for him. like he'll be like i'm french bitch right and I'm just like no it's horrible but he has the confidence so i totally agree with what patient says like if you whatever features you've got if you have confidence with it and just like work work with it like in a unique way that is so sexy and that is so attractive and yeah yeah ass used to be in having a fat ass is in now so it's like it really (laughs) what you've got is you know you don't need to worry about it like just work it if you got it exactly what you have is going to be a trend in a few years it's going to come back you know it's going to go and come back yeah Freddie, what do you think? What about what about guys? How do how do, how do guys build confidence if they're lacking? What would you suggest? Um, I think this is a great opportunity. I've seen it taken for like guys to provide the support that they've been lacking for each mm-hmm. other. You know, I feel like this inter interdependence can create a sort of like like the quote I hate I hate the term the boys I I it's there but regardless the boys as a concept can be very like uplifting and hopeful so I like the idea of relying on one another to provide that support camaraderie yeah solidarity you know um, that's fair that's very fair so find find your yeah, find find see, like give love willingly and you know reap what you sow one of Isa's self-confidence success stories we have to mention him Mr. McGinnis Finn McGinnis he was like a cute little nerdy white boy when he came but then like all of a sudden people like he gets a haircut and everybody in school is like damn Finn you look really handsome today I said it. Lasted to this day, bro. I've seen him on his rugby team, bro. Yeah, we made a difference in his life by encouraging him, <laughs> <laughs> and that means a lot. To me. It's tangible. He walked with. He stood up straighter. About, yeah, everything about him, like he stopped being so cowardly, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finn was. Uh... <laughs> 
had a lot of hands-on work with that one. He was, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, that same, I think it's literally that same burger party had to, like... The one where we were taking all the pictures, right? Mm-hmm. That's, he was crying over what's-her-name. And we're like, buddy, there will be another, dude. <laughs> Just had to... Just had to believe Literally it. arm around his shoulder, tears. I was... That's so crazy. I didn't know about that, but I did. Hold on. I don't even know if I have it on my Instagram, but I took this one photo of him that was just absolutely fabulous. And I was like, wow, you look really good this day. I had no idea that that's what he had been going through on that same day. That's wild. Nice unintentional save there, Patio. (laughs) So, Finn, if you're hearing this, shout out to you, man. You are a king among kings. Truly. Standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> oh my god, I don't think I ever posted it. That's very tragic. But it was wow. It was a really beautiful evening. Wow. Uh, we do another question before uh, we have to let y'all go. Yeah, yeah, we'll try and squeeze one more in. Um, let's see. Okay. Honestly, there's two, and I'm kind of split. Um, thinking of the how do you relate your body when it comes to love, and then uh, have you been taught to view or even police other people's bodies? I feel like they have their own merits, but in very different regards. So, what do you guys mm-hmm. think? Would you rather attack? Is the final question. I think the first one. Yeah. All right, let's go with that. So the first question, how do you relate your body when it comes to love? Is it something to be enjoyed by your partner? Is it a vessel through which love can be expressed? And it does it feel stifled inside you? Oh, my God. First of all, <laughs> I love man. Uh, question. <laughs> going out to fucking Louisville slugger, you are patient. <laughs> I think it's like simple forms that I think about it is self-love. If you can't love yourself, pleasure yourself, be your own muse, how do you expect somebody else to? So you gotta know all the you gotta know yourself in all aspects before somebody mm-hmm. else can love you. That's how I feel personally. That's a hard bar, that's a hard high high bar to set though, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. you're you're your own temple like you have to realize that and I feel like people don't really give themselves that much credit like the whole human experience and the whole body experience like there's a spiritual aspect of your own flesh like there's just the whole fact that if you didn't love yourself you wouldn't shower every day you wouldn't put deodorant on you wouldn't there's a lot of things that come into play you know you would just treat yourself as like kind of disposable so in regards to love it's the exact same thing if you don't find a spiritual way to communicate your energy to somebody else how will that translate physically that's actually kind of a fair point i've noticed the more that i i don't really date but the more that i you know i'm involved with people that i find myself more and more drawn to people who have a more 
complete sense of self. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Like it's a very important thing now, you know. Yeah. Uh, I recently had a relationship fall apart. Yeah, dude, it's like you can will, you can try and will something into existence, but like you can't create depth where there is none. It's mm-hmm. none. Yeah. You know, you can, only, you can only meet somebody as deeply as they've met themselves. There's That's, a school. If you see that on Instagram, <laughs> just know that was a good one. Goddamn, yeah. Freddie um, dropping some wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I definitely understand you in that regard. Yeah, had a pretty tough relationship like that as well. So, for sure, you can only love somebody so much. You can't, you can't love somebody enough to make them love themselves. And it's kind of like the same thing. I think like I'm going back. This might sound cheesy, but might not. Um, some people are in love with the idea of love, and it could be the exact same thing translated to a physical body. Some people are in love with the idea of your body but once given the opportunity they don't know what the hell to do with it so it's kind of like that fetishization of everything that you embody but once it's physically presented it's like it's like a motherboard like they have no idea what the hell to do with it so it's all about like you like that's what like and even like when regards to like relationships like if shit falls apart or it doesn't work out or it's kind of like you're hanging on to a like a broken ship. That's exactly what was supposed to happen. And it was presented that way. Doesn't mean that it won't get better if situation presents itself, but don't go looking for it to get better. Just let it be. And it's like the same thing with your body and the same thing with love. Like, just let it be, let it be. And it will be. Agree and disagree. Love it definitely needs to be organic, but it also requires a certain amount exactly. of love. You have to, yeah, but not all love. That I think that's an idealization of love is that it's something that, you know, is natural and easy. It's not, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a battle every day. You know, you need to put in effort where effort is required and let it grow organically when it needs to. You can't, it's, it's, it's like a bonsai tree, you know, you, you need to, you need to take your time with it, be, pay close attention, let it do what it needs to do, let it grow where it wants to grow, but also maintain it. But how is all of that supposed to happen if you can't even maintain yourself? Well, that's the, that's the thing about love is that, you know, it, it provides enough sustenance so that you should be able to do that. And if it can't, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. It's not love. It's not right, you know. Because if you don't feel like you're gaining something from love and giving something, then it's, it's not anything. Hmm. I get what you're saying. What the fuck do I know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about you? Thoughts? Well, I was gonna add on um, when you were saying something about um, I don't know who, who was saying this, but just about knowing yourself, you know, knowing yourself and loving yourself before you love somebody else. I do have a mixed opinion on that. I do think 
you can love somebody even when you are not completely in love with yourself. And I don't even think being completely in love with yourself is a, is a, like a, a goal that anyone can mm-hmm. achieve. I don't think it, it kind of sounds like an impossible goal. Um, and it, it's, I think the most important thing is to accept the fact that you won't be perfect and you won't always be in love with your body, especially because it changes a lot. And I think change is the only constant thing in life. That's what I've learned recently that things are always changing and your body does too. It ages, it gets wrinkles right now. We're all very young, so we don't, it's hard for us to even imagine what that's like, but our bodies will evolve as well. And it's important to keep having a relationship with your body and keep giving yourself affirmation that you're beautiful and that, um, yeah and uh i just wanted to add one thing about um like yeah if you don't know your your body like you can't tell your partner during sex like what to do with it (laughs) and i feel like that's so important you really need to know um and i've had people tell me time to time that it's actually really attractive when you voice out your what you want to be done to your body basically and that's because it's kind of like showing off what you know, like, no, a little bit to yeah, the left. Yeah. <laughs> no, right there. Don't touch that. You know, it's sexy. It's nice. Because yeah, it's confidence. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's confidence. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, when you're still in high school and you're, you know, fucking around with <laughs> people, it's just, as a girl, I never said anything about what, I liked I didn't even know what I liked not at all because I didn't explore my body and then you start to explore your body and like you really bring that what you know your knowledge about yourself to the bedroom (laughs) and it's like and it really it feels more special because like there's a connection it's not just a connection with the person that you're Mm-hmm. having sex with but it's also a relationship with yourself you're really satisfying yourself too and yeah. yeah self-love very important knowing yourself knowing your body intimately is I think a that's a great, thing. A great mm-hmm. message for the youths the, especially the ladies that are in high school now you know before you get involved with any fuck boys or any of these little skeleton gen and gen z's that are running around everywhere you also know yourself first because we don't know what the fuck we're doing unless oh, yeah. you know. You fake until you make it, dude. So literally, one hundred percent. We are complete improvisers through we, and through to the end. So do not humor us. Don't stroke our egos. Learn, figure out what you like, and everybody will be back. No, admit, like, oh my, don't prolong the lesson you know if it's a pain if it's if it's a if it's going to be a painful experience to have like your world like if you think that you're you know bringing your a game doing the best and then to have that be explained to you as like yeah you're missing the mark entirely that needs to happen early you need like you don't let these delusions carry on into 
the later yeah. parts of your life now. Yeah. I had a very weird experience recently and I don't, I'm not very shy about talking. I'm not so shy to talk about what happens in the bedroom for me. I'm pretty much an open book, so I'm just going to say it. But, um, so I was having sex with this dude, (laughs) as you do. Um, and, um, I was, ew, that's crazy. (laughs) Um, and so (laughs) and um and I was very I even remember because he was I I wouldn't say he was bad he just didn't know me it was just the first time right with him so I was very vocal about what he should do um and I I think I gave him like maybe like five advice about like what to do in like three minutes and he was just like <laughs> he just stopped what he was doing and he looked at me and he just said you different <laughs> I was just please, like please tell me that he there was nothing inside you when that happened nothing no but he was just like you different and it made me at first it just it made me laugh because it was just hilarious but <laughs> it was also the fact that he thinks you okay the fact that he thinks that it's it's different it's weird for a girl to be vocal about that it's like what kind of girls has he been having sex with like yeah it just made me worried and I was like yeah like you should you should get used to this because this is the next generation this is what's up okay like girls are going to be more vocal about what they want yeah (laughs) it was just really it was just a really funny experience No, for sure. I think across the board, people should just be more vocal about not even because, like, for guys, you know, unless you're exploring like more, you know, different things, like it's pretty straightforward. You know, it's up and down, a little bit of twisting. You know, it's like it's not complicated. You know, <laughs> it's a stick. Um, you know. <laughs> Uh, so for guys, like, I mean, at the very least guys, when you want, when you should be vocal is like, um, quality. Like, for example, if, if you ever get like a, a really like teethy blowjob or something, like you should actually say something about that because like, oh, like it's horrible. You want to tank it. You don't want to, you don't want to experience, you don't, you don't yeah, I have any weakness, but it hurts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like putting your, you know, fucking a cheese grater sometimes it's just not not what oh god but like i feel like it's really important i'm I'm saying this to the younger guys is like don't let people build delusions about who they are in the bedroom because Mm -hmm. nobody gains anything from that Mm -hmm. you know like if you're afraid of hurting their confidence and their self-esteem you're doing just guys and girls like this dude who said you different you know like he probably he could have internalized that and you know Mm -hmm gone off and shut down more or he could grow and could now be you know mm-hmm. it's, it's like, <laughs> it just it's better to be open about everything you know everybody's better off for that so just try that true so our next yeah. mission now is to just be super vocal in bed you know exactly. say what you like say what you don't like nobody's safe nobody's safe yeah, nobody's safe <laughs> <laughs> There's no towel throwing. Uh-uh. Oh. No. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> 
good shit, I guess. Yeah. 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 Sorry, guys. Really a thumbs up. Great combo. No, yeah, I I, I genuinely don't have anything to add. That was really good. You guys are very wise. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Was that a little, uh, were you stroking your own ego there, considering we're handpicked? You know, I didn't even consider doing that until now, but now I will. Thank you. Now you will. (laughs) You you should get a neck brace because I can already see it swelling. All right. Well, then I guess we'll call it there. That was a that was a good good second episode. I would say mm-hmm. I like the conversational format. We should do the form. very organic. Freddie, mm-hmm. appreciate the backup. You know, camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess we're signing off one by one. Thanks for joining, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great rest of your evening or day. Yeah, have a have a great evening. Have yeah. a great morning. Maybe it was good to talk to you on uh, Facebook, right? Yes. I'll Sounds I'll good. find you on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, bro. See you Bye. guys. Bye Bye-bye. guys.